Life I think is crazy, just like you. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, coming to you from the fall-like recycle motor garage thing. Wow. <laughs> And he fumbled. <laughs> and I fumbled. <laughs> Bagel, you want to take it? Hey there. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And that's how you do ah, it. So much better than I do. Thank you, Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Bagel. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. And uh, uh, boy, another great day in the garage. It started out real busy today. slow. And then it got busy and it's running late. And it's one of those days where we just have to walk away, leave everyone, and just hope that they shut everything down. That was fun today. So we'll see. Uh, Joining me on the Classic Girl Couch tonight Mm, is Stumpy John. (laughs) All right. I'm the classiest stump on the couch right now. (laughs) (laughs) You got uh, plenty of couch Uh, for the stump right there. I'm feeling the Emma vibes right here. And of, of course, you know, everyone's favorite ginger. It's Bagel. Greetings from very wet and rainy Oregon. Ooh, has it started? It has. We've gotten quite the rain today, and looks like we're going to be getting rain for about another week or so at least. Ooh, yeah, well, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> Which and, might put, put a little damper on our scooter rally plans this weekend, but oh. we'll see. No, you scooters are crazy. You're just going to yep. turn it into a mud fest or, or naked on fire or something. You do You do that stuff. Yeah, probably all of the above. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and joining us for the first time, I had to trick him to get him in here. It's Tucker. Hello, everybody. With the porn stash. <laughs> and the porn voice. Yes, Tucker, thanks. you Howdy. wrote a very nice email that we read last oh, week. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, saying uh, that that we, I guess the garage and Emma helped you out a lot. Definitely. And learning yeah. how to do stuff. and Yeah, I think I've heard this before. People say... You know, got 10 years of riding, but it's the first year every year. And I think that was kind of me. I had ridden by myself uh, since 2013. And coming here, I've learned a lot of things and learned how to do a lot of things. It's been a, it's been a lot of experiences for me. It makes, has made me a lot more well-rounded. So yeah, hmm. what nice. I learned here definitely gave me confidence to get out on the open road. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we, we had uh, lots of learning going on today. In fact, poor Ryan is still out there. (laughs) Ryan learned that lesson of do your research before you start a project on your bike. Especially a big one like Clutch. And so Ryan's on a CBR 600RR, the pirate version. Mm -hmm. He showed up today with a new Clutch kit. I'm here to change the Clutch. I said, great. Where's your oil? An oil filter and oil plug uh, washer and gasket. And he's like... Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, first I need you to do is watch a YouTube video on how to do the job. Yeah. And um, I think, I, I mean, a lot of people get used to just showing up and somebody just, sh- usually Emma, showing you every step of the way. Like, well, Emma's not here and that's not really how it works. <laughs> you got to show up kind of knowing what you're doing and I'll just advise you on like better tools or try this angle, stuff like that. Uh, so he was uh, promptly... Sent off to go get supplies, but first, and this was interesting. Both Ryan and I were 
struggling to find a gasket for his clutch cover. Mm. Researching. He's he's trying. He can't find him. Like, oh, let me do it, right? <laughs> and I'm looking. I find the CB, CBR1000RR, or I find the F4I600, or cannot find it. But then I did that thing where you'd go to a forum. Mm-hmm. And I searched a forum, and the forum said, oh, that bike uses liquid gasket. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. So I called Emma just to confirm, because, you know, mm-hmm. when you can. And she's like, yep. And I went to liquid gasket. So you just go get your liquid gasket maker. There is that's, no that's gasket. That's the only one out of the, all the F1? Uh, well. That's crazy. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Wow. She's Yes. Hmm. Exactly. So I thought that was interesting. So sent him off and he went and got all the supplies, came back and um, set off on it. But another thing he wasn't prepared for is when you take the clutch cover off, you have old gasket that you have to clean off. Yep. Yep. So I, I set him into the shop and Tucker, you were very helpful with him today because he was just struggling with things like getting the fairing off to get to the oil, stuff like that. Um and then uh, he took a lot of time. I gave him a brass brush so you don't mar the aluminum and uh, a little paint scraper. And then I gave him the good stuff, the Dremel with that 3M <laughs> yep. pad, which I'm like, I'm letting you use the good stuff, man. <laughs> um, and he got it all done. And I'm like, now go do the other half. He goes, what? The other half? I'm like, the other half, the bike. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, no. Uh, but uh, Tucker and John were really helpful, and they I think they realized quite quickly that he was going to be underwater time-wise. Yeah. And I know John got the the clutch plates uh, marinating in oil. New John, not which, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, DRZ, oh, he's also a DRZ. <laughs> like I've been calling him New John. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, but this is where I felt like, oh, yeah, I was kind of running around doing stuff, so I wasn't thinking ahead of what he needed. Yeah. So I'm, I appreciate that you guys were, and you guys basically did the clutch job for him while he just scraped gasket maker off. Yeah. Well, I think we realized that it was going to take a lot longer than he had yeah. time for. Yeah. So just when doing a job, and it's not a complicated job, do that little bit of research first if you don't have a manual, and and make sure you have all the supplies you need, and that was kind of it. But in the true garage fashion, um, other people jumped in and helped him. And I really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, Micah was here changing tires, yep. and Charlie was helping. And we have a uh, Jr. and Dennis out there who were just fascinated and watching <laughs> everything happening. <laughs> and uh, I pulled out the Africa Twin. You did, oh, yeah. yeah, I did. John, when, when do you think? When was the last time I I started that bike? Oh, it's been a while. It's probably been since our rally, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't use Did you it take the it rally. there? No, I had the 690. Oh, that's right. It's been a while. Wow, it's been a, like, a long time. And it started right up. Yeah, yeah boy, I love it. Um, so, yeah, I started cleaning it up and did a little more fabrication of, of a custom mount I had for something that I did a shitty mount, and I did a better mount. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just cleaning up, getting ready, because tell you what, people have been sending in pictures of nikens near them <laughs> and i'm like oh juices are flowing that's what you're gonna go with huh? for sure yeah yeah i'm pretty sure oh wow well also i got an offer from our friend scotty to go get it for me whichever one i buy <laughs> scotty's always, <laughs> she's always down to go get a bike that's awesome i'm like well shoot 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, you and you did some stuff, yeah. John. I'm I'm gonna call you out a little. What bit. What did I do? You had to do a simple repair on your bike. Uh huh. And you're like, how do I solder? No, come I, on. I know how to come solder. Come on. I've, I've just never. Honestly, on. I've never soldered. Turn signals. I've never soldered little tiny wires before. Turn signals. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Well, we're gonna. I think we need to. Um, yeah. We need to work on that. We but so what we no, tried we got was it. those things that we ended up using was really they were really good. Yeah. So bagel, you know this kind of a thing that came around a couple of years. They're they're little connectors, not a butt splice connector, but it's a connector with the like a plastic tube with the solder in it. Solder sticks, right? and then like two shrink yeah. tubes at the end. So you just twist the wires, slide this over, and hold a, a flame to it, right? And it melts mm-hmm. it and it shrinks down onto it, so it seals it, solders it. Sort of, kind of. Worked pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's better, yeah. it better than a butt connector. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, but yeah. it's a permanent connection. Yeah. yeah. But um, did you you throw tape on it, too? I sure did, yeah. Good. Because I was afraid that the flame we were using might have like melted, put, it. melted a hole in it. Mm-hmm. But eh, that worked. But what it brings me back to is, you know, I was talking about uh, a couple weeks ago about the next phase of the garage. What are we going to do? Oh, I can get your opinion on this, Tucker. Um, what are we going to do? And I think I was thinking about, uh, starting to do classes and create a calendar where every month we have like one Sunday that somebody is offering a class. That's a great idea. Not just Emma. I mean, we all have something to add. And I thought, you know, I would love to do a little, uh, metalworking one-on-one because once again today, somebody was, uh, Doug was helping Evelyn make a little bracket for her light and she picked up a file and started going back and forth ew, 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 with a file and i'm like no <laughs> one direction long stroke just finger pressure is all it takes you know and it's one of those things i learned in school and junior high i went to metal class and how to use a file right right it's a simple thing but it's not for people who've never used one they don't know so I was thinking I'd do a little, like, you know, basic cutting, you know, just basic metalworking. And um, uh, I asked Micah if she would do one on, like, um, trail braking and counter steering mm-hmm. theory. So not going out into a parking lot, but just theory. Uh, John, I asked you if you could teach a class. I haven't had a good idea yet. Well, and I, I was going to ask maybe Doug or someone to do one on soldering. Yeah, I'll take it. We do one on soldering. That would be a good class, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Not just soldering, but all the different types of connectors, maybe. A class on connectors. Sure. Bagel, what would you teach a class in if you were down here? Oh, you're muted. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, that's a really good question. I, I would be tempted to do something on tires, uh, just because that's that's something I like to work with. Um, although I'm not particularly good with uh, hand changing tires. I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but Emma, I think is a much better pro at that. Yeah. Uh, but, but maybe, um, just some general information about tires and how, you know, how tires go together, how they work, um, what things to look for, date codes, uh, types of tires, what the numbers mean, you know, all kinds of things like things like that, that, that people don't generally have access to, to learn about. I hate to take uh, it away from you. That's Emma's bag. Well, a lot of that is, yes. Everything's yeah, in this bag. Yeah. That's the problem. No, but I'm looking well, for things. What that, isn't? Yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm looking for what what people's strengths are. Um, but I think we, yeah, we should start making like a calendar, 
and uh, see who wants to teach a class and uh, saying like, look, if one person shows up, that's a win, right? Yeah. If, if 10 people show up, we're kind of screwed because <laughs> I don't have that many files. <laughs> I, I could teach on how to properly order a taco at the taqueria. Oh, and we, yeah, we wanted, uh, we were talking to Knock about uh, vinyl wrap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But you know what, Bagel? I think I have one for you. And this yeah. has really become a lost art. People our age are familiar with it. Younger people aren't. Um, maybe you could do a class on bedazzling your scooter skirt. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, not, that's not a skill that's in my, my wheelhouse. Bedazzling? <laughs> I, I know how to shred a scooter skirt by do, writing do long distances top speed. Bedazzler is Tucker. <laughs> a bedazzler. Yeah. I, I see. I think I know what it means to be bedazzled, but I don't know what a bedazzler is. Yeah. Do you remember the bedazzler, John? I don't think so. Bagel, you remember <laughs> this, right? Oh my gosh, you guys! I've seen him on TV. <laughs> yeah, I've seen on TV the bedazzler. Oh yeah. You don't remember? Oh yeah, I remember. Oh. It was a little like, yep. uh, like almost like a pop rivet gun, yeah, but it had really. all these different <laughs> like rhinestones or Plastic metal jewels. studs that you could take and like bejewel your your jean jacket or something. Oh, I remember now. I remember. Or your sweater. Did you do that a lot of that when you were young? <laughs> Everyone bedazzled something at some point. <laughs> I mean, it was a thing. Wow. Just c- come on, guys. Uh, yeah. So good day in the garage. Getting some stuff done, but I'm I'm actually like pulling the the Africa twin out. Just got me like okay, all right, all right. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to actually like start taking some photos. I had to take things off of it, like little accessories that I'm not gonna that I'm gonna keep. Are you gonna keep the seat, or are you gonna sell it with the seat? Well, let me get you guys' opinion. I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna keep the seat on. So the seat is a very expensive uh, Corbin seat that is a heated seat that I wired in a custom um, variable heat mm-hmm. switch because normally it's just off and on. So if it was just the stock seat, I'd probably pull I mean, just the uh, plain seat. But since it's I've got wiring running through it and that variable controller, which is unique, right. yeah. I figured I should keep it on because that's probably a better selling point that it has a variable heat controller for the seat. Sure, you probably could sell the original one too. So that's what yeah. I did today. I made a nicer mount that's actually invisible. You can't see it. Yeah, yep. for that. So I think I'm going to leave that on. Um, but I was just taking things off, like the tire pressure gauge that I have and, um, you know, just those ex- accessories, my little foot rests that I put onto the bars. The bedazzling you did to it, too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but, I, hey, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to, to make it official. And uh, I'm going to try I'm gonna try a different way to sell it. Really? Yeah. Oh. What are you going to do? And good? I'm, I'm, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Bring a trailer? Uh, no, nope. But uh, I'm going to wait uh, to comment before I try it out, see how it works. Okay. But it's something different that we, we've mentioned on the podcast a while ago. But anyway, um, but I wanted to get to Tucker, who went for an epic ride. Yeah, I did. Where, how, where did you go exactly? So every year I go and work for my cousin on his farm. Yes. I go and That's right. The picture with the combine. That's right. Yeah. So I just go and supplement his crew basically. Uh, so usually I fly out to the Minot International Airport. That's why you have the manly mustache. <laughs> Working with farm equipment. That's right. Yeah. I needed to fit uh, in. So I needed to man up. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> so uh, 
Yeah, so usually I fly out there and it's really expensive. There's no really nice flights. And I thought, I got this beautiful Tenere in December of last of this year. So I'm going to go, or last year, so I'm going to go and see if I can make it make a ride out of it. And that's what I did. All right, the Tenere 700. That's right. Which, like, Jim is frothing at the mouth for. Sorry, uh, dude. <laughs> uh, but this is not what people think of as a touring bike. Right. But it's the bike that I own and the only the bike, bike that, that I own. own. So how many miles did you do? Uh, around 3,000, I think, because I ended up going over to Portland after for a wedding and then back down. So yeah. so uh, what modifications did you make for comfort? Uh, I put one of those Atlas throttle locks on. Okay, good call. That um, worked sometimes well, sometimes not so well. Um, yeah, it gets a little slippy or too got, tight. Yeah, a yeah. little slippy, exactly, depending on the temperature, how dusty things were. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was it. No, you showed me something on your windshield. That's oh, yes, cool. the adjustable. That's right. Yeah, I put some brackets on the uh, Did windshield. Did you see this, John? I didn't see it, no. It's pretty nice. So the windshield yeah. is normally just rigid mounted. That's and right. it's as simple as these these slide brackets that mount to it yep. then let the windshield mount to the brackets and slide it's got like almost like five five yeah, inches like four inches yeah. four or five my, inches of that's the way my tiger is yeah well yeah, this was an aftermarket thing for yeah, that nice. it looked really good so you can slide the windshield up and you also have the the lower windshield for the headlight that's right yeah just to protect it from because <laughs> yeah. i knew i was going to be like once, especially I got to North Dakota with all the big rigs driving around that I was going to be yep. behind a lot of gravel trucks and stuff. You like know, that. a simple trick. I remember like on my first like touring BMW, it came with a piece of plexiglass that was cut out to the size of the headlight mm-hmm. and some three Velcro strips oh, that smart. just held it on. Yeah. Easy. Because on a long distance touring bike, if your headlight's out, you're right. You can't ride at night, right? You're right. done. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. And mm-hmm. it was so simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but you didn't didn't do anything. You didn't modify the seat. Nope. You have some small luggage on there. I, yeah, I had some old climbing rope I used to strap down a duffel bag. And then I have um, a 18 liter Kriga bag mm-hmm. that I put like my laptop and other things in. And then, yeah, just a duffel bag on top strapped and, it down. And your little side bags, yeah. Yeah, and a side bag with tools and things like that in it. Yep, yep. So what? How did the? Uh, oh, actually, there's one extra thing. I brought a one of those fuel bladders. Well, I guess. Oh yeah. Technically, legally, it's not a fuel bladder from Giant Loop. Yep. Um, and I needed that to get across Nevada. Uh, there was a section yeah. that I could not do. The Tenere has a pretty small tank, right. fuel tank, and I was digging through some wind, and so I wouldn't have made it. So. Yeah. So how you know? Tell me about the Tenere now that you had it this long and you've ridden it this this far. Is it? How does it do on the freeway? Is it? Is it kind of squirrely? Is yeah? No, I mean I I find it really stable. I mean when you get buffeted by a semi or something, right? You feel it for sure. And it cruises at eighty. Well, yeah, I was pretty much between eighty and eighty-five. Hmm. Pretty easy. Yeah, I think I really start to lose fuel economy above eighty-five miles. Right. Yeah. yeah. I showed him another modification he could make what was for that? the next ride, and I think he liked it. Yeah. What was that seat? It was an Airhawk oh, seat. Airhawk seat. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, oh, I was yeah. telling Liza that I invented a whole bunch of new motorcycle <laughs> yeah. postures. Yeah. To uh, make oh, it I I invented motorcycle yoga <laughs> when I when I last time I did cross country. Uh huh. And yeah, you can do. I don't know why no one has really done this. Bagel, do you do that when you're riding? Like like I had these different twisting motions, and then there were just. The, the hip moving the hips stretching one leg but i found that your hips your back your shoulders all moving around really helped like i would just kind of cycle through these stretches do you do anything like yeah. that bagel do you do the you you can do anything on yours you can do the can can yeah scooter yeah yoga. yeah i mean I, I do different positions i you know move around when i feel start to feel stiff so i, I don't know if i have specific positions that I normally go to, but I just kind of go with whatever feels good to stretch as far as I can move while riding. Yeah. And a bagel, you can't do the, the leg dangle like we can, can, can you? Uh, no, I can. That, well, John can, because <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's a little I mean, bit harder. <laughs> you got to dangle the legs, lean forward and dangle them behind you uh, in the wind hmm. and just kind of let them just flap in the wind. Yeah, I don't know about putting putting them behind me, but but I, I definitely will, you know, let my legs hang down sometimes. Just dragging. Yeah, well, <laughs> almost dragging, you know, just to give give take some pressure off my knees and ankles and stuff. So on the seven hundred, you said that the power was enough, or did you feel like it was underpowered at all? Um, I didn't feel like it was a power problem. I think I could have used a different sprocket maybe to mm. be able to cruise. lower the rpm yeah. yeah that would have been nice maybe mm-hmm. but no if the power i passed everybody i needed to pass and yeah wasn't, wasn't did you do problem. any dirt riding just <laughs> when i got to uh my cousin's place they were redoing the gravel road so i was on a very fluffy and sketchy gravel road for yeah. a mile to get to their place but that was pretty much it yeah, yeah. i planned to do some um in montana but mm-hmm. I was just on a little bit of a crunch to get back for the the wedding that I was going to. So, so what was the reason for choosing the Tenere? Yeah, I mean the 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 decision for me was I wanted to be able to get off the road a little bit and learn how to do some dirt riding and have a bike that I could get out and do some adventuring on. I was coming from a vintage Yamaha and XS650 from the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have ABS. I didn't have really a very nice suspension <laughs> so yeah i just wanted something that would i could travel on and and do some adventuring on yeah you bought that new or used i bought it new yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 22 in december they're hard to come by right now yeah i just like was constantly online looking for and calling dealers whenever i saw them pop up yeah and, that's the hard part yeah so your path did you just slab it and get on the freeways or did you choose backways? um no i think the most like I did the only interstate really that I did was from Minot to Missoula, <laughs> you know, and that's not like California highways really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Nevada, I took six and what was really fun. I took uh highway 12 through the clear Creek river, um, to get from Missoula into Oregon and Washington. That was a really beautiful road. Tons and tons of twisties. Yeah. I can show you guys. So you left time. from Palo Alto. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. then went over the hill. Yeah. I went to the east side of the Sierra. My girlfriend is a mule packer. She was working in the, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. She was working in the back country. Um, so I actually spent a day on the back of a mule, uh, packing out to pick up some fishermen that were like way up in an Alpine lake. Wow. Yeah. So that was a fun day. And that's where, what passage did you take? Uh, McGee. 
Creek. Me- that's that's. Oh oh, the past. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were talking about the mules. No, no. <laughs> Obviously, this is a motorcycle podcast. <laughs> uh, Sonora Pass. Yeah. yeah, and that's a beautiful pass too. It was wonderful. Yeah. Was, yeah. was that your first big trip on a motorcycle? Yeah, I'd been to done the L.A. trip before. Oh, but no, that's a lunch run. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, so this was the first time that I'd ever like linked a lot of miles for sure. And you, yeah. Did you camp or hotel it? Um, I camped. My dad met me, so he he lives in Salt Lake City, and he and I went together from Salt Lake to uh, Billings. So we did hotels in that section. He's not a big camper, but besides that, I camped. Did so, you, you took fifty across Nevada, or how'd you get across? Uh, six. Now where does six run? Um, it starts kind of down by Bishop ish. Oh, way and down then there. Cuts okay. up across. Um, Passed through through a town called Ely, Nevada. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was it was uh-huh. Ely, not Eli. Ely. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've oh. only read it on the map. So, yeah. But oh, so E-L-Y. you went way south then once you crossed over over the pass. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, are you hooked? Is this like a thing you're thinking? Like, what's my next trip going to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I think nice. the thing that I took away from this was, you know, I had this job I needed to get to, and then I had the wedding I needed to get to think what i would have liked to have is more time where I, I every day i rode by things that i was like man i really wish i could pull over and i did you know for the first half of the day it usually was me pulling over at all these interesting things and then by the end of the day it was like okay this is day this is hour seven and i have like four more hours to go right, <laughs> so right. i've i passed yeah. a lot of stuff that looked super interesting and um yeah the dirt riding that i had planned i just didn't have time to to do that so well, I think uh, other than the uh, Airhawk seat, I think you've got everything sorted. Yeah, no, everything felt dialed, honestly. Yeah, you need to go hit some some dirt roads. I I recommend going up to the Black Hills. Yes. Okay. Uh, or no, even Utah. Yeah. Shoot, there's so much in Utah to ride. There really is. Yeah. St. George area is incredible. Oh yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I mean, like I said, my parents live in Salt Lake, so I think well, my next trip is going to be there, and then out from there. John, take him on an adventure. I'm trying to get him to come to our desert adventure in the next couple of weeks. I would love to. It just depends on how experiments are and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. But before you take him out with all the big kids, you should take him for a, a dry run. Well, Do you I, have a lot of dirt experience? No, but I went to the rally. I don't know if you remember. Right. But we didn't really do a lot of dirt. How, how much around Hollister did you go? Uh, I just did like a few hours of blue squares. and oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. I guess I I should I could come out too. I can pull out the six ninety. We should do all this. I would love to do some dirt riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make let's make that happen. Well, um, I I would say that I'm glad that 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 trip worked out, and and you took the only bike that you had. That's right. Mm -hmm. But some might say that taking a bike like the Tenere was a little crazy. In fact, (laughs) oh boy. Yes, guess what? It's game time. Oh, right. <laughs> and this game is called Crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was looking on eBay at things for sale, motorcycle things for sale. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are asking crazy prices. Oh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. So I've printed out a few of these searches, and you guys have to try and guess how much they're asking for it. Are we doing the prices <laughs> right or you can go over? Uh, you can go over it. Whoever gets the closest to the price will get the point. Charlie, are you coming to join us? Yeah, I just had a 
split decision to come in here. Come on in, Charlie. <laughs> right. Get set up. We're just about to play a game, so it's perfect oh, timing. No, no, you can do this game. Um, yeah, yeah, pull that mic over. So we're about to play a game called Crazy. Let's see. Uh, let's see if that mic is this. Is that this mic? I think it is. I think we're good. Does it work? Yes, it does. Hey, Charlie. Yeah. Hey, you got every, the garage shut down? Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, I said there was some so much going on. I went on grab Tucker, and I'm just like quietly, Tucker, come with me. Just, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to like to like make people think like oh, you got to leave. It's like no. As long as somebody's there to shut it down. So, Charlie. Here's the game. It's called Crazy. And I went on eBay and I looked up things that are being sold. Can you not hear from those I headphones? I hear nothing. Try the other headphones. There you go. See if those work for you. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah really, so yeah. I found things that were crazy prices. So I'm going to read a description. And you guys have to guess how much prices. Whoever comes closest gets the point. Okay? So this first one is uh, the the... The title is Dionese, Dion, I'm saying, Dionese, yeah. That's how you say it? Full Metal no. 6 Valentino <laughs> Men's Motorcycle Leather Gloves, Fluorescent Yellow. I'm going to flash you a picture, boom-boom, mm-hmm. Bagel didn't see it. Okay. Uh, Full Metal 6 is the MotoGP glove. This replica Valentino is an exact copy of the glove worn on track by the nine-time world champion. The Dr. Style meets all the Dionese MotoGP technology in the world's most advanced hand protection. How much is one pair of these gloves? You're talking about brand new, or is this what someone's reselling them at? These are conditioned as new with tags. But I'm leather. saying, like, people are, this is somebody selling them on the internet. It's not like a retail this store. This is eBay. Yeah. And yeah. these are new with tags. Oh, new with tags? They're like. T- new with tags, yes. Oh, they're probably selling them for like five or 600 bucks. You got to pick a number. Uh, 550. All right, John, you got to pick a number. 495. All right, Tucker. Oh, I was going to say 450. And Bagel. Ding, ding, ding. Charlie gets a point. Yeah. Yeah, because it says 46 on it. So what are are they worth? Charlie was shopping for those. That's not fair. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) Well. Um, Well, because my track, uh, yeah, for my track gloves. Here's the thing. Um, Are they real or are they clones? That's a great (laughs) question. That's what I don't know. I did find these gloves, a lot of different people selling versions of them, anywhere Mm. from 400 to 629. Their MSRP is like something like five or 600 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's and definitely it's, it's up there. their full this, race glove or whatever. There were so many people selling them, and this one was the highest price one, which is why I said yeah. they must I be mean, crazy. I think the gloves I wear are, I think, the model below them, and I bought them used for like $300. Yeah. Wow. All right, coming up next are a pair of boots. Mm-hmm. But these aren't just any boots. Flash the picture. <laughs> World War II era russet leather motorcycle biker riding men's boots, size nine and a half vintage. Condition pre-owned. A few scuffs and scratches on toes and backs, but only adds character to these amazing boots. Up for sale is a good condition pair of vintage World War II era russet leather men's Motorcycle, biker, riding, soft toe boots made in USA. No size, but fits a size nine and a half medium. U.S. leather uppers, leather soles, and Goodyear rubber heels from smoke-free home. Clean inside and out. Very well built and sturdy. And these boots go up to your thigh. So these are mm. like Can old. I see that picture? 
old no you can't because the price is oh, in there okay uh these are like old school like motorcycle cop boots up to your thigh do they articulate how do you well uh, they're like they're like gonna be just below the knee oh yeah 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 so how much do you think these boots are let's start this time with tucker Five hundred dollars. All right, bagel. Let's say four fifty. All right, John. Six ninety three. Charlie. One thousand. <laughs> Remember the name of the game. All right, I'd like to change my answer. Crazy. Two thousand dollars. Twenty five fifty. Twenty five forty nine forty eight is what they're asking. Sick. I get the two points. Wow. Like two thousand five hundred twenty nine. Two thousand five hundred forty nine. Well, yes. you also yes. have to get. I mean, I was. Because they're World War II era, theoretically. Yeah. Whether they're vintage, it doesn't actually say when they're yeah. made. But if, I mean, that's old. Well, up next, I have a jacket, and this one, this is interesting, is a Joe Rocket <laughs> Jordan motorcycle white leather biker jacket. Condition is new with tags. The description says 100% authentic, 100% original. So it must be real. Uh, new with tag, <laughs> extremely, extremely rare. Uh, one out of 150 in the world, only 10 were given away to 20 plus year Jordan employees as a promotional exclusive item given to only professional Jordan athletes, celebrities and Jordan company, close family friend year 2005, almost a vintage serious collectors item. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with the Jordan Company. Do you know what this? What I'm referring no to? No idea. The shoes, right? No. Did you guys know that Michael Jordan had a motorcycle racing team for a while? Oh yeah. Really? I knew yes. they played baseball. 2005. After that, he had a motorcycle racing team, and hmm. he had this really interesting kind of like a Keith Haring kind of artwork on his motorcycles and stuff. So this is a woman's white leather jacket with that Jordan style, like down one sleeve. And mm. it is, yeah, they only made 150 of these jackets. How much do you think this this almost vintage series collector's item Joe Rocket jacket is? Let's start with Bagel this time. I'm going to say $45.99. Forty five dollars? $45.99. $4, $4,599. Okay, John. $37.42. $3,742. Yes. right. Charlie? Uh, four thousand. Okay, Tucker. Uh, three grand. See who who had the highest amount. Forty five ninety nine. Forty five ninety nine. You are still twenty five thousand shy because they are asking thirty thousand. <laughs> oh gosh, really? Wow. Yeah, no kidding. Well, may Jeez. I re- may I just remind you? That That's crazy. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, I guess there was such a limited release, and it was never sold to anybody in the public. Why? Why, why do I feel like there's a, a a crossover to the sneaker world there or something? Uh, oh, there, right. There is. Uh, nah, but this is the motorcycle <laughs> company. Oh, yeah. maybe. Oh, well, yeah, if, if you're maybe, a Jordan, but it's you're a Jordan a, collector. Uh, I guess to. so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You're yeah, right. That's some crazy sneaker money there. Okay. Well, so what you're saying is those gloves were a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, up next, remember, crazy, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Up next, this title, motorcycle helmets. Hmm. Helmets. Is it used? Condition, new without tags. Hmm. 
an amazing collection of helmets, including display shelves. I collected these over many years and stopped buying them in 2015. There are many <laughs> Rossi replicas, as well as many other collectibles, and many that were just a personal choice or preference. Many were expensive and rare. Many just expensive and many at normal price. They are all new and never worn. 90% being large in size, I threw away all their boxes as I had them displayed in my memorabilia room and never cared to keep them. There are <laughs> 100 of them. The whole collection cost me around 50000 to accumulate. Will not sell single helmets, so please don't ask. A great opportunity for a collector or as a display in a museum, garage space, or dealer display. All right. This young man is selling 100 never-worn helmets that he stopped buying in 2015. Mm-hmm. You have and he spent $50,000 on have just some of the helmets oh, here. Yes, it's just it's a bunch of helmets. Well, I guess the big question is does he think they went up in value or down in value? <laughs> well, what do you think, Charlie? These are consumable items. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but never worn also as a collection. They're they're more artwork than anything today. So, what do you think somebody's selling and and I will sell, tell you that there are AGV, Nolan, Bell, Suwami, Shoei, Simpson, X-Lite, Shark, Arai, amongst others. So, okay. But it comes with the cases and everything, which is a big... No boxes. No, nope. But it has no, like no, no. Um, Display shelves. Cases. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works either. Yeah. Um, so, John, how much do you think 100 helmets that cost him $50,000 is he selling it for? Nice. All right, Charlie. I'm going to go with 60. 60,000. Yeah. Okay. Tucker. I'm going to go crazy because I'm not, I'm the least crazy so far, I think. Yeah. (laughs) $100,000. One million. (laughs) And bagel. I'm going to go with a full quarter million dollars. Whoa! Oh, my goodness. All right. (laughs) Well, you guys really have no idea how these things do. (laughs) Mm -mm. So, this, no, it is a fair question. What is it worth as a collection? Because most of these can't really be used, they've aged out. But you also can't buy them anymore. But you can't buy them. So their right. artwork. He is asking fifteen thousand dollars. What a steal for the entire wow. collection! I didn't even get so into how much now, it's going to cost to ship one hundred helmets to you. <laughs> What's he say? I, did, I didn't even get into that. Not we even should email that. him right now. <laughs> to me, I'm honestly more disturbed by the fact that somebody was buying these very nice helmets and just sticking them on a shelf. Yeah, I think they have money. I say that, yeah, sir. There's my Rossi replica that I, a helmet you that might be I never right. wore. Well, but you bought it to wear and then didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah, that that's true. different. But all the helmets I have spent the most amount of money on, I never liked and I never wore. And they go on display. <laughs> I've worn all of my helmets and crashed some of them. All right. Well, I saved the best for last. So I wonder at what point this person knew that their collection was worth less than they paid for it, and then they just decided they had to get out. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I understand wearing a helmet and then sticking it up on a shelf. Sure. 
And I know a lot of but, people with a helmet collection that they wore it and then after a few yeah. years put it on a shelf. Yeah, but at this point, he might as well just stay in it and and wait it out till they become <laughs> priceless truth. pieces of art. You know, twenty, thirty, fifty well, years from yeah, now. But when do you make that call? Because it's okay. I, well, I, when when the art world starts selling helmets, t- take a look at numbers three and four on in that <laughs> list. There, um, describe that, John. <laughs> <laughs> so one is a, uh, a kind of like a chrome Harley weird half, half helmet thing. The other is a, it's got bull horns. It's a half helmet with, with horns. So oh not all of them are highly collectible. An opera helmet. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that. That's the thing. Anyway, so um, the way I did this game, we have one more to go. The way I did this game is I simply went on to eBay and typed in a search word, like motorcycle helmet, and then said, start with the highest price. So I went. Did you also look at completed listings? Uh, I, yes, I did. But, you know, <laughs> nice. the whole point is you must be crazy. So yeah. um, I went and I typed in just motorcycle and said, start with the highest yeah. price on eBay. Okay. And what I found was a concourse quality example, 1916 Flying Merkel, Ooh. Mm. Ooh. 998cc twin two-speed. It says, introducing the unparalleled elegance of the 1916 Flying Merkel Twin Two-Speed, a masterpiece of vintage motorcycling with its twin cylinder power plant and rare two-speed transmission. This icon from the past promises not just a ride, but an experience. Impeccably restored, every curve and detail harks back to a golden era of craftsmanship. Don't miss this opportunity to own one of the finest Flying Merkel Twins in existence. Completely restored in Europe. Because that's a selling point. Uh, the Floyd Merkel is one of the most collectible motorcycles in history. This museum-grade 1916 twin is restored to the highest of quality, imported to the USA in 2020, coming from a large Dutch collection, sold on a bill of sale with import documents. And this is a picture of the Flying Merkel. That's cool. Nice. Very cool. Fully restored. That looked great in my living room. Fully restored in Europe. Bagel, is that a selling point when something is restored in Europe? I, I would think so. Do you think because in Europe they say fully restored in the USA? If it's an American vehicle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Charlie, what's your number? 500,000. Ooh, that's big for eBay, yep. Okay. Tucker? <clears throat> Uh, is this an auction? Yeah, this is so auction starting at. Uh, that's or is, a good or is this or is this? Um, uh, I think most of now. these have a buy it now. Price, okay, yeah. So this is the buy it now price. Yeah. Five hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. Oh, wow. sorry, Charlie. All right, bagel. You should have done five hundred and one thousand. Yeah. I'm gonna stick with my previous bid of a quarter quarter million dollars. Two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, and John. John, what do you think? A flying Merkel restored in Europe is worth. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Of what it well, is. it's not what it's worth. It's what they're selling it at. Three, well, yeah. Well, no, I, but three hundred ninety-five thousand. Three hundred ninety. Oh, I see. You went just under. Well, in fact, at the time that I was checking, the highest pride. This was seems a bargain at one hundred and fifty nine thousand nine hundred dollars. That 
Not bad. It does seem a little cheap, actually, for that. <laughs> well. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. But I just found it fascinating on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. That this is where people are going to sell high-end stuff, not like an auction house, uh, you know, or I don't know, some of the higher-end things. Well, eBay does get a lot of visibility across the whole world. Yeah. It does. So, 159. So, John, you got that point, but I think that makes Charlie the winner, right? Yeah. I have two. Oh, wait. I think I have two. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, we got to do another one. We need a tiebreaker then. <laughs> All right. I'll look one two. up. Hold on. I'm going to look up because this is a tiebreaker tie between. Oh, I know. I got it. I know. I got it. Search sidecar. No, no. I got it. There is an item on on eBay right now. Bagel knows because we've been following this. <laughs> that I've been considering buying for the walls of this studio. It is a toy motorcycle for sale right now. And it is a model of a Britain V1000. Hmm. Now this bike, uh, normally... Um, so the Britain V1000, years ago, they sold these uh, die-cast model kits yeah. that are that I've been trying to find that are very high-end, uh, very expensive, very collectible. But this person, uh, they took that kit, and they hired a professional builder and had it built and painted to color match. <laughs> And oh, so these kits weren't painted already. They were no, just... these were just die-cast kits. Okay. And this person had it built by a professional model builder. And what price do you think he is asking for this? <laughs> now, I will tell you that um, I can... I'll show you a picture of it. It is a toy. There we go. A little toy. What's, what's the size? Or, you know, the... Uh, I scale. don't know. I think it's... 118th. Maybe? Yeah, it's pretty small, like the ones all in the room. I don't know. I'm so not, it's like no. this. I think it's smaller. I think it's like the ones above that. Or maybe one twenty fifth. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what what scale yeah. it was. One of these. But it, no, 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 no. yeah, maybe the one above that. Anyway, um, maybe a one tenth scale. I'm guessing. So this is just between Charlie. And John. Good. I don't want to embarrass <laughs> myself again. Uh, the tiebreaker. How much is he asking for this Britain model toy toy you know, motorcycle? Can we have a point of reference with model prices? Nope. <laughs> Charlie, let's start with you. How much does he want? $1,000. All right. John? 1500 all right. How much do you think I'd be willing to pay for it? I think under a thousand dollars. So right now his buy it now is nine hundred and ten dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he started out at sixteen hundred dollars. Oh. Ooh. So the model kits by themselves are highly collectible. I almost paid a grand for one like a couple years ago. They don't come up very often. You almost paid a thousand dollars for just the kit, and this just one's like fully built and like painted and like. But that's that. There's the rub. Yeah. Yeah. He made it less valuable. Oh. By oh. building it. By building it, and he even says the windshield is kind of yellowed with age and has a little chip in it. 
Yeah, and the Ooh. decals have some scratches in them and stuff. So he low sighted it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So Had to and down. this is the thing. So he started out at sixteen hundred, <laughs> and I offered him seven fifty, and he countered me with fifteen fifty, and I walked away. Oof. <laughs> He's now down to starting bid seven hundred. You should offer him five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. Bagel's been watching. This is he's been coming down, down, is there a reserve? down, down, down. No reserve. I'm not no sure. Reserve. Uh, but buy it now, nine ten with a hundred dollars shipping from New Zealand. So this is an example of somebody who thought he's made it more valuable, but in fact he didn't. So wait, uh, that means Charlie, you win. Mm-hmm. Oh, good job, Charlie. Yeah, good job. Um, Do yeah. I win this California motorcycle handbook <laughs> from this DMV? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've been I've been watching this. I really want this is the holy grail of motorcycle toys for this room. That is it right there. But I'm like, ooh, when I offered him money like like a month and a half ago, it was before my trip. And he turned me down. I'm like, I had money then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I kind of spent it all in the UK. Uh, but also seeing it come down, I'm like, mm. and nobody's bidding on it either. Nobody has bid on it. Yeah. For like a month and a half. Yeah. And now that we're broadcasting about it, now somebody's going to bid on it. <laughs> you have to buy that thing now. I don't know. Well. <laughs> Yeah, somebody should buy it. If anybody buys this thing from listening to that, you're ruining Liza's (laughs) dreams. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. No, No, you you know it. That's okay. You have a Britain model size hole in your. You're gonna all someone's gonna buy it, and then it's all of a sudden gonna show up on this doorstep. (laughs) Well, I might just. uh, I might have to buy it and use some of our sponsor money. Hmm. Oh no! Because this show is sponsored by AG One. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, our friends at AG1. If you didn't know about AG1, it's uh, you know every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Haven't I been looking good, John? No, your mood's been better, though. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so the thing about this, it's really simple, is it's just a powder. Put it in water, drink it, and you're going to get all of your vitamins and supplements in one. It's a foundational nutrition product and uh, better gut health, all the things. This is not a meal replacement. I want to be clear. This is just to take a step towards being healthier and giving your body all the supplements it needs. But I say it's not a meal replacement, but I've come up with a trick because it tastes so good. It's kind of like banana and it's got all these great flavors, even though it's green. You're like, what's green taste like? I don't know. <laughs> It's got great flavor. I found that when I was hungering for some dessert, I just took a glass of AG1, and that fulfilled me. So I found it to be a meal replacement for dinner, for dessert. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) If you Uh, consider dessert a meal. (laughs) Well, AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine. So, uh, you know, if you want to take ownership of your health try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase yeah it's really cool they come with little travel packs or you can get the big pouch and do the scoop at home i kind of like the travel packs because 
It's just easier. It's already measured out. Uh, so go to drinkag1.com slash motorcycles. That's us. And that's drinkag1.com slash motorcycles and check it out. There you go. Not a meal replacement, a dessert replacement. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I might have to take that AG1 money and buy that <laughs> buy that little toy. <laughs> so, all right. We've got we've got a project to work on, guys. What if the dude selling the toy is listening and is now like I can't lower it anymore? Um <laughs> in New Zealand, that is that is a possibility. <laughs> That is a possibility. Okay, so be. all right. Now I gotta find. I lost my thing. I gotta. John, talk. I gotta find my thing. What did you lose? <laughs> what thing did you lose? Well, it's the next thing we're gonna talk about. Oh, so Tucker, yes. Where's your next trip gonna be to? What do you think? I think you, I'm so, I'm sold on the uh, Salt Lake City, and then riding out in the deserts of Utah. I think that sounds like the next yeah. one for me. Yeah, Craig and I went to this. Uh, Nellis Dunes. Okay. You should stop by there. So it's right outside of uh, Las Vegas, and it's oh, a nice. whole it's whole dune area you can ride. Yeah. And they got F-16s flying over you when you're ride, riding them in dunes. This is super cool. Oh, it's right, right on the way to Salt Lake City. Oh, great. And they're doing target practice right next to you. They are. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Hey, so much good riding out there. Thanks for filling in, John. Oh, you're well, welcome. I got my shit together. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I found it. So, Bagel, you've been around a long time. You may recall uh, something we did. This a long time ago. But it was a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like a good controversy. So uh, we came up with, this was a long time ago, we came up with a are you a real biker quiz. You know those mm-hmm. things that you do on the internet, mm-hmm. like take yep. the quiz and, find, and score yourself? And uh, I, I printed it out. So this is the old one that we came up with. And basically, it was a list of things that we kind of collectively here at the garage thought, like, that's real biker shit, right? I've got 40, 41 things on here, wow. right? Mm-hmm. And I want, to, um, I want to go around the room a bit and kind of get each of you to make some suggestions of things that you think are real biker shit that somebody should get a a point towards being a real biker if they have done this or owned it or ridden it or whatever. Does that make sense? Yep. And I want to see if it's things that are on this list. And if it's not, maybe we're going to take something off this list and replace it and modify it. So like, Charlie, what's something that you're like, that's real, real biker stuff. You should get real biker point for that. I mean, I carried a dirt bike engine on, uh, in a backpacking backpack on a motorcycle once. But that might be a stupid point. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it real bike? I don't know. Yeah, I, is it real biker shit to like carry something really heavy on a bike? I mean, I've I've carried large unwieldy things. Well, there on a is bike. the. But or is that just stupid? <laughs> you go to like a rally or whatever, and they have like who traveled the furthest to get here, and then they normally. You know, you give them some stupid prize that's big and odd wieldy that they have to then figure out how to get back. I feel like if they actually bring that shit back, that's pretty. I will say, I don't know why it's this weird fixation I have. I've long, I've long had this uh, idea to have a little contest at the garage, um, like who can carry a mattress the longest distance on their bike, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a piece of three quarter inch plane. without without rope or anything to fasten it. <laughs> No, I think you should have like generic, just like 
have a cooler and like have a bunch of just shit out there and who can put the most of it on their motorcycle and then go somewhere um i don't know i i'm gonna say that it's Do stupid and fun but not real biker shit to carry like a, heavy a stuff. cooler a beach chair a now let's top. talk about an accomplishment so john yeah come on you've been around long what's something that you're like that that's legit biker shit that's a legit biker well you got to break down on the side of the road at some point and figure out how to get <laughs> how to get the bike running again and get to where you need to be break down on the uh, uh, side of the road fix and yep. get going again yep, yep. Ooh, yep. I like that. Let me see. Is that on here? Um, I should have read all this stuff first. I'm going to do side of the road fix. Let me see. I thought it was on, but let me write that down. All right, Tucker, what's one that you think? Uh, oh, and does does that include helping somebody else? No, I'm thinking by yourself. Okay, side of the road And it fix. has to be raining. Yep. And you only and nighttime. bubble gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Tucker, what's something to you that's like, that's legit biker stuff? I think a lot of people are afraid of doing electrical things on motorcycles. So I'd say replacing a wire harness or something like that. If somebody A told, wire harness is pretty in-depth. Yeah, I'd say that if you did that, I would say that's pretty real biker shit. Um, Maybe too specific. So I, Yeah, I mean, most people never have to replace. Diagnosing an electrical problem on a bike. Sure, sure. there you go. All right, diagnosing an electrical problem. All right, Bagel, what's something to you? I would say a top-end rebuild is a good one. Ooh, okay. Top-end rebuild. All right. Um, That's a good one. Let's see. Let's do another round. Then I'll read them off, and we'll see if if we need to. uh, So I I was going to say something new I wanted to add was a visit to the world's most dangerous racetrack, the Isle of Man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like real biker stuff. People who go there, that's real yeah. biker stuff, right? Pretty hardcore. Yeah. So I'm going to say Isle of Man races. Okay. All right. Uh, John, we'll go to you. What's another real biker thing? Uh, you've been stung by a bee while riding. <laughs> uh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Micah hit a bat once. Oh so my you got to do enough, a good no. bit of riding before you get stung by a bee. Exactly. I've been That's stung by a bee. Yeah, so have I. I have. Yep. <laughs> See? Okay, 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 okay. All right. Fly into your helmet or something? Yeah. Now mine got or caught right in here my... Or like right here if you're not yeah. wearing a, a Mine gator. got caught in yep. my watch uh, yep. wristband. Oh, sure. And I couldn't take my hand off the throttle oh. to do anything. And, yeah. All right, Charlie? <laughs> uh, participating in a race. So here we go. A track day, a race, something like that. What a race or getting your racing license? Oh, like legit. Yeah. So, does track day count, or you have to get? I think that I'm saying like actually competition, racing. Okay. Does that I'd, include? Um, I would include like barrel a, racing <laughs> at, hey, at vintage days. Something that there's an action you have to sign up for, and there's classes. Oh, and like okay. Oh, you okay. there's trophies and oh, shit. Legit. John, you've been in a real race, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. And Tucker? Hmm. Maybe teaching someone how to ride or br- bringing someone new into the fold? Teach, teach riding. Oh, I like that. Teach riding. And bagel? I was going to say doing a smoky burnout. Burnout. <laughs> okay. I am now going to 
read this list. I want you guys to score yourselves as we go. So you're going to have to keep track on your little fingers or something, right? Okay. You have a way to keep track? Oh, Charlie's getting smart using his calculator. <laughs> uh, and then, um, you said then there we were 40 of these. There's I don't 41. Have, I don't have 40 fingers and toes. And then I will, then we'll see if there's any that we need to take off and replace with one of these. How's that sound? Okay. All right. Okay. First one. Oh, I'm going to do this along with you. Have you completed an iron butt? Number one. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Um, we'll settle do this. Have you had sex on a bike? 70 times. <laughs> <laughs> He's a newlywed every night. Right. <laughs> just just keep, keep your own score. Our All bed right. is a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Have you ridden in another country? Scooters okay. count? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Can you wheelie? Mm. Can you define? Yeah. Not by accident like, where you're screaming, oh shit, oh But shit. not like full are, like neuter kind of thing? Are, are you talking about getting the wheel off the ground or are you talking 12 o'clock here? No, being able to sustain balance. Um, no, right. I would not. No, mm-hmm. I've never really put that time in. Yeah, no, that's okay. something that you have to do. All right. Uh, have you crashed? No. And I'm going to say crashed and gotten <laughs> back on, not the necessarily same day, but you know. On the street? You crashed and then getting back on. Not letting that stop you from riding, right? Get back on the that horse. To all of these crash scenarios is yes. Yeah, I know. For- all right. <laughs> here's another one. Have you ridden a Harley? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. How about this one? Uh, do you own more than three sets of gloves and boots? <laughs> is this three sets of each, each or, to- or total? Each. Oh, no. Wait, you no, don't no, own no. more than three sets well, of gloves no, and boots? I have, got no, to. I have one set of street track gloves, and then I have, I think, two pairs, two or three pairs of dirt gloves. So I guess okay. I do, that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think I've, I think I've got three sets but, of gloves, but only two sets of boots. No, I have four right. yeah. This is one I'm willing to take off and replace, so I'm going to mark this one. Do you know your tire pressure? What it, I, sh- what yes. it should be or what it is in any moment? Well, what- the time we're saying, like, how well are you maintaining your bike? Do you know what your tire pressure is right now within, like, a pound or two? So that's one I'm willing to take off, but... Um, depends I'm, on which bike also. Yeah, it depends on which bike. <laughs> but I know how much... Yeah, I, it should be, but um, I. So are we counting to, that one or no? We're counting it for now, but I'm going to asterisk that. I'm suggesting that that might be one to change. If, if you know what it should be, I think let's that put it counts. this way: you don't have to Google right. to look up yeah. what the tire pressure you just, should be. You just be. know and off the yeah. top of your head. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. how about number nine? Do you own more than two bikes? Okay. okay. Oh no, Tucker! Oh no! Ouch. Oh. <laughs> All right. And plus one. Have you attended a rally or a show? <laughs> a few. <laughs> a few, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, Tucker, you might get lucky on this one. Have you ridden for more than 10 years? Because oh, that's biker stuff, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't think I have. Really? Oh, right. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I have Oh. You more than make up for it in talent. Not but, even mini bikes. Yes. No point for Charlie. Yeah, okay. No, I started when I was 18. All right. Do wow. you wrench on your own bike? 
That's biker shit right there. Man. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, John, have you rescued a broke down biker on the side of the road? So that's how we put it. Have you rescued somebody else? Yep. Yep. Right, but uh, do you think it should be, have you broke down on the side road? I think it's a rite it? of passage to break down when you're by yourself and figure figure it out how to Both. get back on. Definitely. Both. My yeah. breakdowns yeah. have involved crashing. So I'm going to asterisk that maybe we swapped that, but, or maybe we had okay. <laughs> Two for one. Okay, here's yeah. one. I, I'm kind of looking at Tucker now as kind of the gauge, right? <laughs> do you own rain gear? Yeah, okay. Because to me, that's real biker stuff. That's somebody who's willing to go out in the rain and ride. Well, I mean, specifically, you'll put... I mean, it could be normal rain jackets and stuff, but... Yeah, but if you have rain gear, that means... Yeah. You're you're prepared to go ride even if it's raining. All right. Here's here's some real biker stuff. I think only a couple of us are going to get this. Have you ridden in snow? That's really hard to do here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, through snow or... In snow, not there's snow on the snow side of the road. On the, on the snow road. on the road. I don't know if I have. No, I, I don't think that. you've had any opportunity to. Well, because I've been in like the Sierras and stuff and I've seen <laughs> snow on the side of the road, but I don't know if I ever went into it. Oh, yeah. No, well, I've actually, ridden in. Actually, I did once. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. If you go over oh. Mount Hamilton, over the observatory on the oh, other yeah. side, you'll definitely yep. go through some frosty roads. Yeah, in winter. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and I hope everyone is is playing along, seeing how they're d- they do, because we'll do the scoring <laughs> afterwards. All right. Have you ridden more than 300 miles in one day? Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know if this should be on the list as long, as well as Iron Butt. Okay. Well, I am going to asterisk that so we can revisit it. All right. Have you yeah. ridden to another state or province? A few. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up. Do you, do you cruise Craigslist motorcycles ads more than porn? I'm going to change it to Facebook motorcycle ads more than porn. And uh, yeah. All right. We're going to update that. Facebook. Okay. Okay. This is one that I take very seriously. And not a lot of people get this point. Do you own the movie on any Sunday. Now, a lot of people watch digital now, so they wouldn't own it. But like I, I have DVDs. Well, mm. I actually, I bought it digitally. So I, so okay, I, but I you own, it you own a digital I paid money copy. for it to buy it, yes. Okay. Mm. I think... <clears throat> do you, Tucker, do you know what on any Sunday is? Yeah, I was just trying okay. to think if I bought it. I think Amazon I own it digitally, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't mean but like you rented know. it, and watched it one time. Like no, you... I bought it and it's in the cloud. I can watch it anytime I want. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You can watch it anytime you want. All right, all right. And here's now. This brings it down, but I think this is real biker shit. Do you have a friend who died on a bike? And this is somebody who's like really immersed in motorcycle culture. Usually does know somebody who died on a bike. All right. Yes. All right, this next one, again, not many, many, but I know Charlie's getting a point. Are you a patched member of a motorcycle club? No. Now, should, should it be, are you now or have you ever been? Or should it just be, are you currently I a patched I think member? have you ever been is a good, you don't have to be currently no, patched, but if no. you have been patched. Well, I've prospected twice and got kicked out twice. Well, so ro- I guess rocker's I not required, 
correct? Uh, I guess I don't. So, uh, yeah, are you or have you are you now or have you been a patch member? Like a full on one percenter club or just like a no, fun no, club? Va- Vampires is not a one percenter. A club. club that you have to ha- do a any, prospect any club. prospect yeah. and earn a patch. Yeah, not just you go to a scooter rally and they're going. Here's a patch. Okay. Yeah, but but bagel. There are. There are scooter so clubs. So the, Ber- the Bergman well, Death Riders oh, yeah. account? I, I have a patch for my club that I'm a member of. Los Gatos, right? <clears throat> oh, well, I used to be, but now I'm yeah. a, a member of Top Dead Center. There you go. So they, they exist across the board. Yeah. All right. So have you ever rebuilt an engine? So that, I think, ties in with the top end rebuild. So Yeah, that's a good one. So I just said rebuilt an engine because that would include top yeah, end. So that counts. I, I did with my dad once. Does that count? You How tell me, you? John. How old were you? you? Was like a twelve, probably. Uh, well, and def- I mean, how? What are you talking about rebuilding look, an engine? Like it, the whole thing came this apart? Is, or yeah, is, it went down. To the were, were you holding the flashlight, or were you putting parts <laughs> in the engine? Mostly holding the flashlight, but I did. I did a couple <laughs> screws. <laughs> I'm going to leave this up to your interpretation of how much of a biker you are. You tell me. Yeah, I'll just say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, have you rejetted a carb? That's that's mm-hmm. real biker shit. Though, yep. does that, I'm going to put an asterisk because a lot of bikes don't have carbs anymore. You could also so, say... Or remapped. Real yeah. bikes have carbs. Rejetted a carb <laughs> or remapped. I don't think that necessarily... But the modern bikes don't even need it. Your yeah. Tenere would never no. need it. So, I, I mean, I've, I've reflashed should we take Should we take that one off? Yeah. No, I, no, I think if you put mm-hmm. reflash on there. No, no, because it's like you have to... Rejet a carburetor I'm to a, make it run right, where I'm, you don't ever have to touch. If you the, go up in altitude, yeah, I'm going to say we're pulling that one off because you guys had made some suggestions. No, I think that counts because that's that's a very big part of biker history. No, because we need to put stung by a bee in there. So, <laughs> well, that can but like okay, we'll, we'll we'll debate that. We'll finish we'll finish okay, the test. I count my point. So no? yeah, count your have you rejetted a carb? But I'm putting an asterisk on that one. Okay, all right. Have you motorcycle camped? That's so a good that word. means carrying your gear with you and camping. Mm-hmm. Even yep. though I'm famously known for hating to do that, I have <laughs> in my past. Um, have you ridden your bike in a parade? Ha, I just did that. <laughs> Woo! Nice. Yep. All right. Have you ridden a bike with a sidecar? Ooh. I don't think I have. No, no I, haven't, I haven't done that. Nope. Okay. I, I don't think I have. Ooh. Wow. Okay. God, I've had the opportunity uh, to. As well. Does does it would a tow pack count? No. Does your 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 janky one thirty five count? Like a sidecar on both sides. <laughs> All right. Here's a, here's another big one. I think this is this one is one of the the real legit ones. Do you have a motorcycle themed tattoo? Ooh. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, now, um, and, and again, a lot of these, I think, for real biker to me is somebody who really immerses themselves in all different types of riding. So I put, have you gone dirt biking? Right? Yep. That's is a, that on that's there? That's that is on there. That is on there. Yeah. Yep. Have you gone dirt biking? All right. Next up. Well, you should um, say, have you ridden in the dirt? Well, that's a difference between riding in the dirt and being a mm-hmm. dirt biker. Yeah. Is trail riding the same as dirt biking? Yeah, as long as it's dirt. Yeah. 
Well, you can just say dirt bike. You, ask, you leave it open to. But like, if you, ride, I'm gonna say dirt biking. I've, I mean, I've ridden my scooter in in 30 miles of dirt road. I don't think that's quite the same thing as dirt biking, though. But dirt I have dirt bike. Similar, but... Dirt biking is a whole other set of gear. It's a whole yeah. other yeah, type right. of bike. Yeah. Yep. It's a whole other style of riding. <clears throat> yeah. And that that's the point with that. Yeah. Okay, here's mm-hmm. one. Are you confident riding other people's bikes? I think that is somebody who's who's an experienced biker. They are. All right. Now, Charlie, have you been on the track? So oh. that was on the list. Have you been on the track? Yep. So do, I do think parade somebody, laps count? I uh, I think a parade uh, lap would count. Well, it <laughs> no because no no uh, because yeah, you because you, being to, on the track just like I said with the dirt. I think yeah. it has to be. A it's track another day set or, of or skills race. and gear. But also, you can't like. Ride as fast as you so, want on a parade lap. I will admit so that I have do you treat, competed on a track. Is I, what you're at? I do treat the parade well, laps track, like a race. Track days would probably count too. Track days, just right. I mean, even just go kart track, doing yeah. like your supermoto. I mean, but yeah, still, being able to ride on pavement as fast as you want in an enclosed course. It's another set of skills and gear. That's what yeah. I'm establishing here. So, been on the track, not a parade lap. Have you ridden what faster? What about a dirt oh. bike track? Does that count? Mm. That would it, that would be with the dirt bike. <laughs> if it was, <laughs> dirt bike was that's dirt bike. Yeah, no, that's no. This was road track. But like like motocross track. No though? road that's track. Dirt bike or, or category. Road track. Okay. All right. Nice try, bagel. Have you okay. ridden faster than one hundred miles per hour? Do you think we should update that to one twenty? No, is because one hundred no. is still a felony. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Tons of ton. Fair enough. I mean, I've, right. I've done it on the racetrack legally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ridden with a group of ten or more bikes? So, group ride. Have you participated in a group ride? It's amazing how many times we do like you know vampires ride, and there's somebody who's like, I've never done ridden with a group. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. having 30, 40 people or whatever, and people it's are like, it's, really it's a big group. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, that's another set of skills, knowing how to ride in a group. Yep. Yep. All right. Do you have a troll bell? I looked at Tucker like, oh, Tucker, what? No. Yeah. Okay. You can't buy does, one. Yeah, I don't know. Does, does it have, does have, have to be mounted on does the bike? No one, yeah, no one ever <laughs> has ever liked you enough. Wow. It's, it's a, <laughs> even my wife didn't buy me one. Tucker, you know what a troll bell is, right? I do, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. My dog would buy me one if I had mine. You know, you can't buy it for yourself. Oh, I'm... You, well, you can, one. but it doesn't work. Yeah, right. No, if, if you have reason one your motorcycle like, oh, has scratches on the side, it's probably the troll bell. That's true. Uh, question: if, if if someone gave you one, but you haven't put it on a bike, does that count? You uh, yeah. you haven't sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As long as you put it on, because like, someone I, has has is given you. Yeah. Okay. Here's one that I'm suggesting we might take off because I've not done it. <laughs> yeah. Have you done the ton? What's the ton? And that was part B. Do you know what doing the ton means? So, like, well, do you know what it means to do to, the ton to have done the, long the ton? ton. What is the ton? Well, the, yeah, a long ton. So doing the ton means riding a hundred miles at a hundred miles per hour. Mm. Oh, that's a long ton. Yeah, long ton. Was there a half ton? <laughs> no. <laughs> Technically, doing the ton, doing the ton is going fifty over miles per hour for an hour. Per hour. Well, Bagel <laughs> said that's the long ton, implying there's a short ton. Yeah. But this is something well, that you came can do out hundred like, miles an hour, and that's. "Quote unquote doing the ton." Yeah, that's what I thought. This is yeah, yeah but did a long, long time. Ton this is, is a- something that kind of came out of the whole yeah. cafe racer thing, is mm-hmm. doing a hundred miles at a hundred miles per hour. Why do they call average, it a ton? Average. Why do they call it a ton? Going 
Uh, 100 miles yeah. within <laughs> an hour. No, that's 60 minutes. No, 100 miles for an yeah. hour would be 100 miles. Oh, yeah, 100 yeah, miles yeah, within yes, an yes, hour yes. is the long time. Yes. So, yeah, going 100 miles away within one hour. Ooh, I might actually have done that through like the in, desert because I was doing like 110 through yeah. the desert. Average speed? Or oh, you so can I'm going to say I've really done that. I, I have yeah. not. So, yeah, that needs so some place that you can just open up and hold it up now, for a long could time. Could you do that on a track, too? You could, but it's difficult. Well, yeah. Tucker, that's, that's a bit long time you on also track. are normally on the track for like 20 minutes at a time. So Right. You were in, in, in Nevada. Did you open it up and keep it open for a long that's time? That's a lot of speed on that bike. Yeah. You know what? I checked it off because I think I have, but I never actually... You never thought about doing Didn't it. So I'm going to uncheck it because to do the long ton, you are tracking what you're doing and right. then you're proud of that accomplishment. Yep. And I've never tracked it. So I'm not going to assume yep. I've done it. Okay. Um, have you built your own motorcycle? Define built Is your this, own motorcycle. Um, well, including rebuilding a bike from the ground up. This is, yeah. I mean, like I have built customs and I have built bikes up from frame up, rebuilt. Yeah. Well, would turning like my Ninja 400 into a racing Ninja 400 count? No, we're out? talking full build. Like rebuild the engine. The spoke the wheels. Uh, I'm talking about every, you've touched every piece of that bike. Yeah, it was a frame and it became a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I've taken motorcycles apart completely and put them back together, but it was more of a like not completely. Fixing. Did you take the swing arm off? Did you? Yeah, yeah. You've taken. Oh, you take the engine apart? No, I didn't take the swing arm off, but I took the engine out. Okay, I well, I'm the, talking. The, I took the every out. single bearing, bushing, yeah. everything you have put your hands on. Oh, Maybe. when you when you said this initially, I thought you meant like a custom bike. Well, well that is custom what, bike. Yeah. I not customizing a bike. I built a custom bike. I bought a frame. Right. I bought wheels. I bought a forks. You, as you assemble everything. But I've also but you didn't bought, fabricate bought the frame parts. No, but I've also taken like CB750 where I got this frame and I got this seat and these handlebars and spoke new wheels. Like you touched every single part of that bike to me. But we can take this one. Off. This could be one that we take off. Have you built your own motorcycle? You know because. Again, the custom scene was much bigger in like the 90s and early 2000s that people were building a bike. So that might be one to take off. All right, here's one. I wonder who's going to get a point for this one. Have you broken a bone in a motorcycle crash? Hmm. I've fractured a bone. That's broken a bone, I, I yeah. Broke my collarbone. It's the only, only okay. bone I've ever broken. You look dumb. All right. Never, never broken a bone. Um, I'm, just, I'm just too tough. This is one that we are going to have to, this next one, we're not going to do a point for because it is not fair to young people. And this is dated. So this one is going to be coming off. The question was, have you ever received a JC Whitney or Dennis Kirk catalog to your house? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Have you ever bought from one? So we are taking that one off. Uh, I still have the Ugo horn somewhere. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> oh, have you ever attended a motorcycle race? Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is one. This is this is another one. Of, this is real biker shit. Real biker shit. 
Have you ridden while injured? Yep. 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 I'm not well, talking I, no beasting. I mean, how am I going to get to the hospital any other way? Yes, I have ridden myself to the hospital before. <laughs> yep. Are you saying like injured to the level of you're riding to the hospital? Yeah. Or you're having to ride out of somewhere because, you know, you got you crash, you're injured, but there ain't no one can come get, get you in the back country. Way. I don't know. Mm, I mean, I, I definitely hurt myself yeah. on the dirt bike, but I don't know if I, but I didn't like go to the hospital that same day or anything. It's up yep. to you to determine, have you ridden while injured? For me, I think it's, uh, there are times where people have, have like a cast on or something. They're like, I don't care. I'm still going to ride. And they have to like modify some or hook up some like lever system so they can operate in the clutch, you know? Right. Like I rode to the hospital with a dislocated shoulder and I just put my hands mm. on the handlebars so I could operate the clutch and the handlebars were supporting my arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man. Well, it was either that or a bus. <laughs> so mm. Yeah, fuck buses. Yeah, fuck buses. <laughs> you needed that thing fixed now. All right. Ooh. <laughs> this one, well, this is for those of us with dirt bikes, this one's easier. Can you lift your bike off the ground? Uh, No. <laughs> well, with I, yes. my Ninja 400, <laughs> I can't. I can lift my moped off the ground. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I could probably do it. <laughs> can you lift your bike? I mean, how would you, I mean? I could lift it up on. The I'm gonna side I'm stand. gonna asterisk as possibly one to change because I am at the age now. I don't try. I just go and get somebody. Oh, does it mean like when you? Oh, you mean when, pick it up when it, when it falls over? You pick it up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, do you know oh. how to pick your bike up oh, off yeah. the ground? Oh, do you know the technique? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I know how to do, it, but it also don't want to lift six hundred pounds. <laughs> okay. Um. So and now this is the last one. Final score. Um. Just curious. What what scores do you guys have? 27. 30. 33. 17. Oh, okay. This next one. Do you own a scooter skirt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and it says right here, if you answered yes, you automatically fail. <laughs> 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 Just kidding, bagel. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So out of 40. Charlie, how many did you have? 27. 27. So if you are between... Uh, if you're zero to 20, you are a noob. If you are 10, no, I'm sorry. Zero to 10. That was a typo. Zero to 10. You are a noob. Okay. Oh, this makes sense. If you were 10 to 20, you are a lone rider. That's true. And that's somebody who maybe ride in every weather and every day, but they've just never really gotten immersed into the motorcycle culture and done all these other things. Um, 20 to 25 points, back of the pack. <laughs> oh, attention, that'd be 21 to 25. You ride, you're ba- at the back of the pack, all right? Um, 26 to 30, you're just having fun. Okay. Just having fun. <laughs> all right? 30 to 35, you got skills. Bagel definitely. I got skills. And 35 to 40, you are a real biker. All right, I got to add mine. This quiz is bullshit. I'm close. Five, six, I'm seven, close eight, to being a real biker. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, Ooh, you're one ahead of me. Because I crossed out done the ton. That would have been 35. I got skills. So here's my question because I, I just want to update this. So we need to... Um, 
So the things that I asterisk that we should remove. So things that um, you guys suggested, diagnosing an electrical problem. Do you think that's one that should go on? Now that I heard the list, I don't know. No. I don't really think so. Okay. Uh, side of the road fix. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that's Should a good that one. be included with uh, rescued somebody on the side of the two. road? I think it should be side of the road fixed. And I, I think rescuing yourself. I think right. There's just, rescuing yourself and then rescuing someone else. But also, okay. if you're on top of your shit and your motorcycle just doesn't break on the side of the road, I mean... Well, tires. You can have a flat. There's always something that yeah. can go wrong. Charlie, <laughs> the more you this ride, even the more includes... I cannot happen. tell you how many times somebody has like, taken one of my bikes for a test ride and then had to push it back because they, the pet cock was turned off. Like, <laughs> like even that, it's like just figuring out that you just need to turn the pet cock on. Problem solving on the road. Like, I mean, I've, I've bent... I've, well, I've, I've crashed step one, and then step two is the kickstand's now bent in a way that won't allow it to fold up, and then it <laughs> won't hit that kickstand sensor. Yeah, See, yeah. that counts. Okay. And so, so I've, I've bent that kickstand with a shovel from the back of a truck right there. Okay, so we're not going to add diagnosing that's, electrical problem. We are going to add... side of the road fix? Side of the road fix. What do you guys think about Ironman races? No. No? No, because you're gatekeeping it with an airplane. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, okay that's what about stung by a, a bee? I think no. that's a good one. So you what think that you one don't should have go bees on? in your area? Where are they going? <laughs> okay, Charlie. I, I said been on the track. Do you still think racing license? Now I'm going to tell you why I'm going to say no. Because I know a lot of people who get racing licenses that stop riding on the street altogether. Mm. Because once you're racing, you're getting your yayas out that way. But racing is a different thing than experience. Like the no, because I'm, I'm also including like you could do a hair scramble or dirt racing and things like that in that as well. What do you guys think? Should we put on? What, what, what's the criteria? Enter, exactly? Entered a race. Entered a race. Does a yeah, slow I race think... count? No. Yes. No. It's got to be a race. <laughs> no. But a. Like a hair scramble counts. Any race. Like any, they, any, there doesn't have to be. Um, how about a competition? No, a motorcycle no, competition. No. A sanctioned competition. It's a race where the person with the best time or whoever got or whoever crossed the finish line first got a trophy. I've and been in plenty of competitions that were not a race. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. Let's put that one on hold because the other two where you've taught somebody to ride, and I like that one. Yes. Hmm. I like that one a lot. How about... Can that include I, teach, trying to teach someone to ride and failing? <laughs> no. <laughs> and do a burnout, I think is also yeah. uh, two things. So that means... So right now we've got... You've, you've fixed your bike on the side of the road. You've been stung by a bee. You've taught someone riding, and you've done a burnout. We're going to keep, we're going to hold off on racing because now we got to pull. Well, what about if, have you been to a major motorcycle event like Sturgis, Daytona? That was, ra- that was rallies. Days. That okay. was rallies. So now the ones that I asked, asterisk that, because now we got to pull four off. So uh, um, that was Dennis Kirk or JC Whitney is coming off. And we will put, uh, I, we will put Stung Baby in there. So that's one coming off. All right. Then um, we asterisk, have you built your own motorcycle? We also, I think that should stay. All, we also asterisk, have you rejetted a carb? I think that should stay. 
I think that should stay. Too. There's a that, lot I of think, car bikes still. Out there. I think the rejetting a car is becoming outdated. Yeah, but there's still a billion car bikes out there. There's still a lot of car bikes out there. There's still a lot of opportunities for that. Okay. Um, that To me, that means that you're like doing some restoration. You yeah. have old bikes, too. So right. I think that one is, is a good one. I um, think it makes sense. You have to have questions. I, I want to take off every level. Of let's person. leave on carb. I want to take off built your own motorcycle. Yeah, yes. I think so. Because that's less I, of a trend now. I I, I got to disagree there, Liza. That is that is something that has been integral to biker culture since the beginning. I know, but, but Bagel, we're bike. swapping stuff out. Well, so you want to argue to keep stuff. that on, and then we got to take off we, something Why don't we expand else? it to 50, 50 items? <laughs> you don't have to take it off. Just add, yeah, increase it. Because my scoring only goes to 40. You can make the score go to Then increase it to 50. Um, <laughs> bonus points. Okay. So you we have the technology. Okay. So our, so we're leaving on rejetted or remapped. Should I make it remapped? Sure. I mean, I I would say if you're going to take one of those two off, you should take off rejetting and leave building rebuilding a bike, because that I mean, that to me is is more. So have you more, have you built or or ground up ground so, up built or rebuilt a bike? How about in terms yeah. of or, yeah? Have you resurrected built or rebuilt? Have you resurrected a bike that was a, okay in the uh, barn? Built yeah. or rebuilt? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could take off rejetting and replace it with cleaning a carburetor. <laughs> well, regenning is means you've changed components. Yeah. And that's a whole nother layer. It's yeah. an art. I mean, yeah. that's an art form. Um, you know, knowing and if how you're to reject rebuilding your something, you're you're jetting you're you're going to be cleaning carbs. Mm-hmm. All right. Um do you know your tire pressure? Should that one come off? Yes. I think that should stay. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's important. Okay, then that means we're just taking one off. And we're adding one, two, three, four. Well, how about do you regularly listen to a motorcycle podcast? How about Liza? How about? Oh, wait, I like that one. Yeah, seriously. Do you listen to a motorcycle podcast? That is correct. Regularly, motorcycle podcast. Okay. Well, hang on. You you had the thing about three hundred, more than three hundred miles in a day, and an iron butt. Yeah. Um, I think only one should stay. I think the three. Let's, let's take, the three, take, off, take off three hundred miles in a day and leave the iron butt because that's that's more hardcore. Okay, and last chance to add: Is there anything else that needs to be added? I loved the motorcycle podcast. So we've done a you've done a long distance. Yeah, we did it because we did camping, right? Yeah, never mind. Okay, so this is the list. I'm going to redo it. Well, what about have you changed the tire? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Change to tire yourself. Okay. All right. Yeah. But did, does that mean you have to take your point off for fixing on the side of the road if it was your tire? No. No. Because if you're carrying tire spares. Changing the tire to garage is a lot different than changing on the side of the road. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you're no. carrying a spare tire to change on the side of the road, that's that's hardcore biker shit. It is. Okay. There you go. So I'm going to I'm gonna redo this and I'm going to post it and we're going to share it with everyone. Um. But hey, listeners, this is your chance. What do you think is real biker shit, right? So what do you think needs to be added to this list? I th- I, th- I like the idea. We can go to 50, right? So I think so. Yeah. So um, what, what else? What do you guys think? Send an email. John, tell them where they can send the email. Uh, to RecycleGarage at gmail.com. No? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this wow. Bagel, tell w- them where w- they can w- send an email. 
Motorcycles and Misfits at gmail.com. Okay. That's what I meant to say. There you go. Ooh, <laughs> this is one I really like. I like ooh, that one's. Uh, all right. We got a lot of emails to cover here. Let me check my notes. I think we got everything. Um, we got some good questions. Can you give this one to Charlie? And Bagel's got a bunch. And you are safe for now, Tucker. All right. I can't read. That's okay. We've got a bunch. Um, I wanted to read. I'm going to read two in a row here, and then we'll get to some of those, because uh, these kind of bring up a conversation. Uh, this one says, hey, Misfits, my name is Bubba J. Bubba. I love that name. The real Bubba. I'm currently listening to the Nikon episode, and Liza was mentioning that the Nikens were over in Kentucky and Pennsylvania. If you guys need any help checking out a bike or coordinating logistics, I'm more than happy to help out, check something out, or store something for you. Ooh, that's a good option. Please feel free to reach out. I'll help in any way I can. Also, I live in a small town outside of Greenville, Ohio, where female badass Annie Oakley is from. And I wanted to propose a question. Annie Oakley was a badass sharpshooter and gunslinger. She traveled around the country with Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. If she was around today, what bike do you think she would rock from show to show? Part of me thinks she might ride a KLR or some other small ADV bike. And he made another suggestion, a couple suggestions I'm not reading out loud because I agree. That's totally what she would be riding. But I want to see if you get what you guys think. What bike would badass Annie Oakley be riding around the country today? I think she'd be riding a Road King. A Road King? Mm Mm-hmm. Tucker, you have any suggestions? Gosh, I don't know. Well, Ducati V4. <laughs> I'll tell you what Bubba said. He said an Indian chieftain or maybe an FTR. Mm. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. It'd have to be an Indian. It'd have yeah. to be American. And, and, and I like the fact that it's Indian because sure. she was from like Buffalo Bill's show, you know, mm-hmm. they had Indians in there. It's true. And it's, I, I like the idea of the chieftain. I could see that with all the fringe. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but thank you for your, um, for your offer with the Nikon. I uh, get my ducks in a row. I got to sell the Africa twin, but then I am going to be, um, possibly reaching out for somebody because there's only a few in the country. So a few people actually sent in emails saying there's one near them and they're willing to go look. So I appreciate that. I will get back to you on that. Um, Well, let's get um, John. I just gave you one. Can you do that one real quick? Yeah. This is from Simon Bennett. Hello, Simon. Hey, Simon. Uh, Hi there. You wonderful Mr. And misfits. (laughs) This may well be one of the, Stupid email and question you've ever had. However, I know I'm sending this to the team with the modest, with the modest knowledge and creative powers. Just remember, there's most no of, such I'm thing sorry. as a stupid question. Said mostest, just stupid people. Is. We have the mostest knowledge. <laughs> okay. okay, here's the question: Would it be possible to convert a road bike to an adventure bike? Oh, yes. And if so, what would be the main parts of of conversion and exchange? See, I warned you this is going to be down the stupid road. I'm staring up a beloved 1986 VFR 700 in my garage and considering this fine machine as a project starter. I've been considering buying a used adventure bike for the last year. Every time I find it po- a possible candidate, it ends in a yawn and I keep looking. Bestest to everyone at the garage and thanks you for keeping us all educated and entertained every week. So 
yes, this is a dumb idea. It doesn't mean there hasn't been a lot of people have done it. Like the Sportsters. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Um, um, even Scotty had a SV650, I think, that she was kind of made for like a zombie apocalypse yeah. bike. But there's people out there ripping on R1s. I was watching a I video mean, on YouTube the other day of a dude on an R1 doing a um, a rock hill climb. Yep. Oh, jeez. What? Your, yeah. I mean, your main constraints with making something an adventure bike would be having clearance to not necessarily go over obstacles, but like, you know, you're hitting ruts and things like that and so if you have like your plastic body work all you might need to take some of that off your fenders could limit how much mud you can collect yep um mm-hmm. we've had issues. Need to add some bash plates yeah bash plates so crash protection of like you know you're gonna be flinging rocks off of your wheel and if it's can punch a hole in your engine that's maybe have a piece of metal there or something or well, remember, this was the history of motorcycles yeah. back in the 50s and 60s. They didn't have dedicated street yes. bikes and dirt bikes. They mm-hmm. took a street bike and made it a dirt bike and went out and raced it. Yeah. So my two cents on this is um, it comes down to your riding technique. And the people I've seen riding these have amazing riding technique that yeah. they can slide it around. I've seen a dude on R1 on a motocross track, right? Yeah. If you don't have that skill, it's not necessarily going to be fun. But... That said, um, riding a street or sport bike on dirt is a challenge, and part of it requires your your riding position, sometimes standing. So sport bikes with clip-ons suck uh. at that. But you take a sport bike, take a lot of the plastics off, put on some, uh, some risers, and bring the bars up, so at least you can kind of get, stand up a little bit. Get a, you the dirt bike right. handlebars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are things you can do. You can put not, you can put big block tires on just about anything, as you yeah. said. Yeah, having to um, like you may have to take a fender off, take your fenders off, and it's. I, I mean, I'll admit I'm a sucker for uh, inappropriate dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. I am a sucker putting knobbies on just anything inappropriate. I think just makes it looks cool. It's not necessarily fun to ride. That said, right. I would say, I don't, VFR 700 maybe, I would say taking a street bike. Like I took my CB750K. It was just a junk bike I got for yeah. free. And I threw on a bunch of different parts and, and motocross handlebars and a little short fender. And it made you want to go do stupid stuff on it and you didn't care. Right. Mm-hmm. I accidentally rode the RS250 in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was stressful. So my vote is for taking like a street bike that you can put motocross handlebars that you don't really care about. Because as you said, like having a bash plate, because a lot of those bikes have like oil filters dangling down, yeah, stuff like, like that. The, the, even the Super Tenere, which doesn't, I don't think it comes stock with an actual bash plate. Like the oil filters in the front of it, like right behind the freaking front tire. So you're just yeah. going to punch a hole in it and you're going to be stranded. Then again, we rode 150cc street bikes all over Pakistan in very dirt conditions. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, my 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 answer is, um, yes, do it. I love them. But also be prepared that you may hate it and not, and not enjoy riding it at all. But... Well, you know, whatever breaks off of it, you know, you know that that didn't work and you, you put something else on. The best, the best solution here... 
is to make it look dirt capable and never take it in the dirt. But like, it like gives you the feeling that you want to go yeah. tear up somebody's lawn. But I mean, pretty much any motorcycle could do just a normal fire road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I'm always up not, for not a good, bad fun, idea. Um, the other thing to look at is can you do a front end swap? Because there are a lot of like older dirt bikes you can get pretty cheap that you might be able to do a front end swap, which would actually make it. Yeah. A lot more capable. Yeah, I think you'd want to start with a standard bike, just so the the front wheel is as big as possible. Yeah, if you put, get like yeah. a Nighthawk and put like yeah. uh, XR three fifty front end on it, like you yeah. can do some Frankenstein stuff like that. Yep, and actually make it pretty fun. Um, but as long as you don't care about your plastics or the bike, yeah, go to town. That's what I say. Or just buy a Tenere, right, Tucker? Yeah. Just get the right bike. That's the real answer. All right. I have another person who wants some advice from us. Uh, this is from Peter, and he says, hey, Misfits. Hi, Peter. I'm a Ooh. new listener since just last month. Ooh. Woof. Welcome. Ooh. Brand yeah, new. and the podcast has already become something I look forward to every week and is always a highlight of my week. I'm hoping to take advantage of everyone's experience and get some advice on fixing up a trailer to haul motorcycles. Mm. So here's the story on the trailer. Back in mid-July, I went to a Z2 track day at Thunder Hill. Sound familiar, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Track day was a blast, despite it being over 90 degrees before 8 a.m. I live in Carmel, so I borrowed my parents' Toyota Tundra, loaded my bike into the back, and drove up to the track day. It was all fine and dandy, but I didn't feel all that comfortable with the loading and unloading of the bike. Sound familiar, John? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Given how high off the ground the bed of the truck is and how heavy my bike is, it is. It is daunting. It is a technique you have to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned this to my dad when I got home, and he said that he wasn't planning to make use of the Big Tex 10-foot utility trailer currently sitting in his backyard and that I was welcome to it. So he, he sent a link of photos uh, of the trailer and it's basically a metal frame with no decking at all, but it has metal struts going across like the wood rotted away. Okay. So the question and it is, does not have a ramp in the back. It's, it's like a, a box. Is he asking how to, how to outfit it? Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's uh, the questions. What would you recommend I do for the deck of the trailer? The original two-inch wood deck had all rotted away, so I'm thinking I could either just replace wood or do something different, like put in a metal deck. I think your easiest move is to just replace the wood. Just do plywood. Yep. Wood decking. And I'm going to go a step further. You can even get that not wood, that plastic wood decking. What's it called? Yeah. Trex? Trex? Yeah. You can get that? Uh, no. no. I, I mean, it's heavy, but it's really solid. I would say to do... Mm. The normal wood underneath, okay. and then if you wanted to put like vinyl or something over that to protect it from. Yeah, I'm just saying because that doesn't. Well, it's not going to get really wet. Yeah, bagel. No, I, what I would do is get some diamond diamond plate aluminum and use that as the deck. It's expensive. Yes, it's expensive, but I'm. But I'm so going much. to say stick with the wood for the following question. She says, what do you recommend I do for securing the bikes? I would like to do something modular so that I can efficiently and securely load any number of different bikes, regardless of how wide they are. Maybe I want to haul four sport bikes one day and two gold wings the next. Also note how the trailer has a round top rail, not the square rail of the newer Big Tex trailers. Yeah, so... Um, um, Pitbull trailer restraint. Yeah, so what I do on my... I have a trailer that I have three basically wheel chocks 
across and I either put two bikes in if they're like two larger bikes. I can, Jim and I put our Africa twins or KLRs in there. Or if it's skinnier bikes, like dirt bikes, I can fit a third one. And what I did was I, uh, what do you say? I set the two back. I put the first one further forward so that the Mm -hmm. handlebars go across the fenders of the other bikes that are set back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Uh, four bikes is hard. Two gold wings is going to be hard. Yeah. Well, you can do... Cause, so with our van, we have the Pitbull trailer restraints, but then we also have um, just like a, I guess a freestanding wheel chalk that you would use. It's not mounted, but it mm-hmm. will like secure the front and then you um, just have tie down points. Yeah. So you tie down a chalk? Yeah. Well, we'll tie down the motorcycle, but the weight of the motorcycle kind of prevents the chalk yeah. from moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I put different eye bolts around. So I have different mounting points depending upon yeah. how many bikes and the leverage. So that's why I said put the wooden decking down so you can put those chalks in. Yeah, bagel. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it, it's going to be a real challenge to try and fit four bikes on a trailer. Um, I'm not sure how big how wide this trailer is but it have to be pretty wide to fit four bikes on it well the, Plus you also says the guy need who to have two scooters in a minivan <laughs> the pitbull yeah well the pitbull trailer restraint system. but that's a minivan <laughs> um, but and there's scooters but but the thing is that you need to have some outriggers for your tie downs to tie down not to. if uh, you use the pitbull trailer restraint system because it's just okay the width it basically explain how this works it basically clamps over the axle rear axle of the motorcycle and oh, then the rear that, axle. Yeah, and then it basically it just mounts to the front. You just mount it to the floor of the vehicle or trailer or whatever, and it is a hard connection. So it's not loading your suspension. It's just mounted, um, and you have to buy a different like chuck or whatever. It's it's motorcycle specific. So that holds down the rear wheel, but hold, what holds down the front of the bike? It doesn't need to be held down because it's the whole rear of the bike is just basically attached. To the trailer now. Yeah. But how, what's the, the front? So you put the, the bike's not attached. So it's going to keep that from moving around. So, Charlie, I'm going to say that that is a great system when it's in a contained thing like a van, that there is no risk of it flying out if you. There are videos, there's pictures no, of no, trailers I, upside down and the vans are there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the bikes yeah. are still just sideways. Yeah. So there are, <laughs> yeah. there are systems. Hmm. I've seen track systems where you can slide it and put it in the track wherever you need it. The yeah. easiest yeah. and cheapest is just to get some wheel chalks. You can even get them at like, um, cycle gear. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or order them online. I, and I, I, yeah. I, I, putting three across gives the option one bike in the middle or two bikes on the side or three bikes across. And that way also it is balanced. I've also yeah. seen stuff where it, clamps onto the foot pegs and pulls down from there. Yeah. Mm. And then you don't have to have a like a crazy outrigger. But it's important to have it balanced too. Yeah. And yeah. and not have too much weight. And then the lastly the ramp, what to do? This trailer does not has a ra- have a ramp, so I'd appreciate some ideas on a ramp solution. Just take you and your buddy and ramp. you could both lift the motorcycle <laughs> in. And so, John, you're familiar with ramps. I'm the king of ramps. You are the king of ramps. <laughs> so you'll have he has a, a like a bar across the back because this was meant for just hauling debris or something, right? So you're going to have to cut that off, yeah, and so that it's open in the back. It's great if you can create just a little hinged thing, mm-hmm. but not the end of the world because you can even have that bar cut, but have it set 
set up so that it can drop into some slots or something mm-hmm. or just some bolts if you want to help it just make the frame more rigid. I mean, you could keep but it really simple and go get a Harbor Freight ramp and, so, and just throw it in the back of the truck when you're done. Yeah. If you're going into the truck, there are wide ramps that right. are really cool that are, what are they, like three feet, four feet wide? I've got one that's, yeah, probably three feet Well, they're wide. for like an ATV or whatever, right? Right. And those... Well, I have one that's it's two, and it just hinges down like this. Yeah, it gives you a lot yeah. of stability, but it's... Can you fit it onto the trailer? Big. Um, but since the trailer's not that tall, I just... Just get a ramp. Yeah. Just a yeah. metal yeah, you're ramp. Only, you're only 60. You can walk it up right. the back, that's right. and then make sure that wherever you're sliding it up between the bikes or whatever, that you have a fasten point. It might be a strap. It might be a bolt. But you want to fasten it mm-hmm. so that it's not sliding around. Well, I mean, if you're unloading or loading and you, like, hit the brakes or something, you could jerk the ramp out and then now just, your motorcycle's on top of you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Bagel, I've sent you a few. Which one are, are you liking? Well, I uh, see an email here from Al Gardner. <laughs> hey, Al. Al writes, hey, folks, long-time listener here. I've been working for the motorcycle industry for a long time back in Australia, and I've recently relocated to the UK. I had the awesome responsibility of managing parts for Triumph back in Isles Mm -hmm. and have many great memories and many shit ones, as well as volunteering at a DIY motorcycle workshop in my spare time. So once I convince my wife that our next move is to Santa Cruz, I'm hitting y'all up. Liza, I was listening in on your trip to the UK, and when you made mention about your visit to the factory, I was reminded of the files I saved from the old factory tours. This was back before the visitor center was a spark in the mind of John Bloor. Yeah. Everyone was given an MP3 player and some earphones to listen in as listening on as you made your way around the old production lines. So I made sure to save them and I hope they've lasted. Feel free to make these available to the folks that can't make the trip. Cheers, Al. And he sent a link to a Google Drive that apparently contains these files. And he did. And it sounds yeah. something like this. Let's see. Uh, play. Play. Oh, now it's not playing nice. Um, yeah, I've been listening to it, and it's pretty cool. Let's see. Here's one. Here, let's see if this will play. Oh, no, there's a problem. Um, yeah, this is like, this is back from like, was it 2008? Something like that. It's really cool. I've been listening to these. And Hello and welcome to the official Triumph Factory Tour, an exclusive insight into the workings of the company for delegates at the 2008 Global Dealer yeah. Conference. Isn't that cool? That Today is cool. we are going to show and you it, it, where Triumph motorcycles are created mm. and brought to life, where they are developed, tested and improved, all before they reach your showrooms. So I'm going to stop that there. Really cool listening to it, and it goes into a whole history of... Of, of Triumph Motorcycles, but then about John Bloor, who's the one who brought them back. Mm-hmm. And he has a collection there that his museum. So thank you very much for sharing that. Do you, is this something, do you think people will be interested? Should I? Yeah, throw it up on yeah. Facebook. Throw it up on Facebook? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I will do that. Thank you so much for that. We got time for one more, Charlie. You got one there to read? Yeah. 
Uh, this is from Michael Moran. Hey, Michael. You guys are the best. I'm a 66-year-old guy, Southeast Michigan, who used to ride a Honda 50, Honda 70, Honda 100, Suzuki 125, Honda 500. My brother's when he went to college. I guy started when my buddies and I watched on any Sunday. Is this your Southeast Michigan accent? No, this is how I'm struggling to read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few typos. Just kind of... Love, love, love your podcast. Aww, so damn thanks. informational. I love politics, but nice to be to rid my mind of that garbage and just listen <laughs> to something that makes me feel so much better about the world. Keep up the good work. Cheers from Detroit. Well, thank you. Appreciate the nice yeah, words. Thank you yeah. so much. Nice. We try. Yeah. Um... All right, I want to. I, I think we can do one more because Charlie knocked that one out so fast. And Bagel, I think I had sent you. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. There's one more. Um, I'll, I'll read this one because I thought this was good. We can't talk too long about it, but I think we're gonna conclude and answer pretty quick. So this one is from Jonathan. He says, hello, misfits. I'm hoping to get the groups and particularly Emma's input on a subject I've been thinking about. Well, Emma's not God here. God hears stuck so with us. Us. This is why I think we're going to agree pretty quickly. Uh, what motorcycles would you say represent what I refer to as peak analog technology that will Ooh. be functional, rideable on a routine basis, reliable, have reasonably modern performance characteristics, and are easily serviced with reasonably available parts and technology that is largely mechanical in nature, so like a minimal of electronics, but yet not what would be classified as a fragile antique motorcycle that requires constant care and custom machine parts. The idea is that the motorcycle should be future proof and not be reliant on electronic components that are likely to be difficult to replace at some point in the distant or not too distant future. I'm not sure such a thing really exists at this point, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. An analogy might be something like a purely mechanical camera and lens from the 1970s or 80s that represented the peak of analog engineering and design and hadn't yet become dependent on a host of electronics and technology to function. Um, he says, P.S. After a prior email, Emma referred to me as Mad Dog Schwartz because of the MD in my name, and my wife and daughters continued to refer to me as Mad Dog. Oh, right on. And this is Jonathan, Jonathan <laughs> Schwartz, <Stumpy>. MD, <laughs> which Emma said stands for Mad Dog. So, I mean, to me, immediately a bike came to mind. And I'm wondering, John, if you're thinking the same thing. KLR650. That is exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually wasn't thinking that because I wouldn't call it modern performance. I think a DRZ400 is a good... Peak analog technology. I, 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 what came to my mind was any sort of Harleys. I mean, anything that is naturally aspirate, or I mean, you know, has a carburetor. The, the KLR650 comes yeah. to mind because that is a bike that is chosen for so many travelers, not because of its prowess, but because of its ease and durability. Yeah. It's easy to find parts, easy yeah. to repair, and extremely reliable. It has proven itself what to be about, future-proof. What about a Royal Enfield? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're as durable. They, they're not yet point. proven that over decades. That, mm. Again, the Royal, I mean, the, the, the KLR650 has proven itself. But I will just ask Bagel, would you say a Vespa qualifies? 
I would say a Vespa Sprint would certainly qualify. Uh, it does not have electronic ignition. The most advanced electronics on the bike is a coil. So um, it's a carburetor. Well, maybe well, maybe, maybe a pre seventy four because the uh, the voltage regulators on that year had some some weird issues. But seventy three or older Vespa Sprint, I would say, would be a pretty dead reliable uh, bike that that would survive the apocalypse. So he is the question. Any bike throughout history to current, or is it just like current bikes? What motorcycles would you say represent what he refers to as peak analog technology? I mean, what about so, like a 90s F3 <clears throat> or F2? Uh, no, definitely not. Why not? Uh, because those are no longer reliable, and the technology is definitely outdated on that. But I will throw in what many have said is the Mo Better Swiss Army knife than the KLX 650, the Tenere 700. No, it's too much, too modern. Well, but there's but, the only real electronics on it are fuel injection. No, right. you have the TFT display. No, yeah. it's not got a lot go of technology. Out. It's got analog. Uh, fuel injection. It's computer controlled. No, it's, co- no, it's too new. It's going to go out. Well, it, is, it, is it throttle by wire is or is it? No, cable. It is meant to be a basically like a KLR to be a reliable, simple, I mean, enduring bike that is future proof. And that's that engine what it was built to be. Supposedly the most reliable engine on the market right now. Uh, CP2. I'm just saying yeah. what I'm saying is the KLR but, is proven okay, itself to be but, it, but I'm nominating that the Tenere seven hundred, which hasn't proven itself yet. Well okay, it's not so fully analog, the, but it's as well, close as you can get with a new bike. Yeah, bagel. Well okay, but when the ECU goes out fifty years from now, that's what are exactly you gonna right. do? Can't rebuild it. You can't. You can't. You can't cobble no, parts well, together to make the, it work. Only the new generation. I'm. I'm not going to say that a that that um, fuel injection means that it's not future proof. Peak uh, analog. Um, what about analog. Analog. what about like an XR650? Yeah, That's yes. computers. Well, any of those big thumping, like the L, XR650L, or the. Well, yeah. again, I'm just going to stick with the KLR because that has been proven, and that is why so many people uh, have chosen to ride that bike because it just it gets it gets the job done. What is there a yeah. legacy street bike that's still around, like the KLR, but a street like a straight street bike? All right, so I am going to make one more nomination because this isn't a a Swiss Army knife of bikes, but I'm going to say the Harley Sportster. That's yes, is peak analog technology. Yes. Super yeah. Hawk. Except the newer ones have a fuel injection. Yeah, pre pre computer controlled ones. Twenty yeah. like I think twenty oh, mid aughts it started. I had an O two that was carburetor, but after that it became fuel injection. I mean, yeah, the, that's a bike you can still rip around on mm-hmm. and enjoy today, and can do a lot of stuff to it, and parts are available. I mean, in some ways, your um, your Bonneville even can, can almost be that, mm-hmm. except for fuel injection. A lot, but, of, a lot of dirt bikes. All right, wrapping this it, up, Bagel. What do you got? But does it does it have fuel? Uh, does it have an electronic ignition though? Because that's another electronic Sportster? component. That's that's yeah, the new ones. Do. Electronic yeah, component that's going to go out at some point. I mean, when is it, did, when is was, a ninety six Sportster that different from a twenty twenty Sportster? Well, when when did they convert from points to electronic ignition? Oh, you that know, was that's uh, that's the that's the dis- that's the distinction between analog and digital. That was in the eighties, uh, nineties. I, I disagree. Right? I think that I think that, and I'm going to even say a bike with um, ABS, I think qualifies as 
peak analog because it is a modern that's, bike, but it's, it's simple analog, now. Though. But it's simple. Okay, but Liza, we're, when we're talking about analog, we're talking yep. about things you can fix with a rock and a stick. Okay? <laughs> You're not going to fix your ABS module with a rock and a stick. Your points you can fix with a rock and that's a stick. True. Right, but it's future proof because all bikes need that's, to have it now. All right, so KMR six hundred and fifty and the the Sportster, I think, are two great representatives well, of that. And it's, yes, it's only Charlie, future proof yes, if they well, make the, the XR or no, the no, DR or any of those. If the ABS system fails, it fails open, so it's still just a mechanical bypass for brakes. So yeah, it's it's just an ABS pump. That okay, yeah. an ABS has there been around since World War so, II. Yeah, I mean, but, if you, but electronic ignition is a different story, though. Yeah, you have no right. points yeah. to back up yeah. on that. And I'm getting less word and saying that the Tenere is on that list. Okay, thank you, everybody. <laughs> so, so good luck finding an ignition module in uh, twenty. Well, it hasn't been proven. I, I am nominating it to to prove itself. I am predicting it may prove itself. We'll see. We'll, see. well I mean, okay, we'll see. We'll see. but that's what its purpose. It was designed to be a bulletproof bike. A hundred years from now, you're probably not riding a gas powered engine. That's you know, true. Like. Yeah, we'll see. Probably not. So, Tucker, yeah. you made it through. What'd you think? This was great. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah? Yeah. yeah he was a little skeptical cool. about coming in. He's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm like, I promise we won't bite you. It's okay. <laughs> well, um, another one down. And, uh, yeah, we kicked Emma to the curb. But I think we're going to have her back next week. She just had some stuff to do at the no, museum. No, we just locked the door. She's outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> She's cleaning up. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, big thanks to all of our listeners and our Patreon mm-hmm. subscribers and our sponsors, too. Thank you, AG1, for being a sponsor of this show, giving us a shot. Um, thanks, Charlie, for shutting down the garage so I could yeah. come in and deal with the... We were having technical issues beforehand. But we got it done. And Tucker, thank you again, for, not just for staying, but for helping. Oh, no worries. Uh, helping Ryan get his bike done. Did, did, did Ryan ride his bike away? Yeah. It's, did it's he remember to put oil in? Yeah. I mean, okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know if he remembered to put all of the oil in, but I saw him putting oil in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, we need to, let's take Tucker dirt biking. Yeah. Let's go. That'd be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Um, I think that's it. Go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You can find pictures of us and t-shirts for sale. Mm-hmm. We got all the things. And uh, don't forget to send us an email. We want to hear from you what you think qualifies as real biker shit, right? What should be on that list? Interestingly enough, I was Google searching, you know, real biker quiz. You'd think this would be something there'd be a lot of. And they were pretty lame. There were ones that were either like really esoteric, like you've swapped out the, you know, the, the, the gizmo on a 1919, you know, or it was you put just more like, than four skull stickers on your hog. Yeah, it was like you have more than three skulls <laughs> on your vest, you know, just stupid. <laughs> like, so it was really lame. So I do want to get you out polished there. and rechromed your spokes. Have you polished a knob? It's seven. yeah so send us your email motorcyclesmisfits at gmail.com we want to hear from you um so tucker do you know how this this ends because i'm gonna something's about to happen do you know what's about to happen he's pretty smart i think i can figure it out thank you everybody it's time to get out of here this is liza 
Stumpy John. Charlie. Tucker. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.